I want to tell you unapologetically we're the kind of church that wants to be a church where Jesus shows up or nothing else. We're the kind of church that wants to be a church that when people come in here, they, they think, what's different about this place than any other place I've ever been? Not so we can brag about ourselves, but so that you can know the real Jesus. That's the reason why this church exists. It's the reason why in the 70s, a bunch of crazy college students said, we've got to plant another church because our community needs to know about this Jesus. That's why we're still here 30, 40 whatever it is years later. Because we're so convinced that it's only Jesus. Jesus makes the difference. An encounter with Jesus changes everything. And that's why we make the presence of Jesus about everything. That's why we go off script. That's why Mary boldly shared that word. And I'm so glad she did. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. Because what we want most, more than anything else, is just to know that God's here in our midst and speaking. And today, uh, we've got a lot of great things in store. Um, Man, I'm just having a hard time just moving on from how great that moment was. My name is Brad. I'm the senior pastor of Christ Community Church as of about a month ago. And God's doing really great things here. And I want to wish you a belated uh, Valentine's Day. Um, For those of you who celebrated Valentine's Day, congratulations. For those of you who wanted to but couldn't, and you're just like, "Mm." you know, those dummies who celebrate Valentine's Day every year, Um, all are welcome today. But I got this sweet little Valentine from Maya Tater this morning. It says, it's got Captain America on it. It says, hope your day's action-packed. And, uh, you know, not to over-spiritualize everything, but I hope this service is action-packed for you. I hope the Spirit of God blows you away today. I hope that the words that I say today are not my words only, but the words straight from the heart of God to you. And I believe that that is what happens when we surrender our own strength, and that's what I'm trying to do today, respond to that word just like you are, and say that it's not really about my preparation or my study or my whatever I've done up until this point. All I want is for God to speak to me and speak through me today. So God, please speak through these words today to people's hearts. And may your presence be the prize of everything we do today that we're after. I want to ask you to continue to join me in prayer, actually, because tomorrow's President's Day, and it means a lot of different things. It means some banks and offices will be closed. It means the kids have off school this week. Um, But uh, what I really want to draw our attention to is that in 1 Timothy 2, Paul encourages Timothy, he says, pray for kings and all who are in authority. And so no matter how you feel about Trump or the presidency or the government this morning, I want to kind of slide all that to the side because it doesn't matter as much as just the realization that our country needs Jesus. Our government needs Jesus. Our president needs Jesus just as much as we do in this place today. And so can you just join your heart with me this morning? Jesus, we're asking that you would Go after the heart of our president. Our current president, whoever the president is after the election this year, God, go after the hearts of our presidents from this day on to give them wisdom, to give them your strategy from heaven, to give them discernment, your anointing. God, we want our presidents to glorify and honor you in the way that they serve this country. And may they do just that. May they serve. May they not be people who abuse their authority 
or, or use it for some sideways agenda, but may they be presidents who can serve this country and its needs. And God, more than all of that, we pray, Jesus, that your presence would come and do something in our nation, in our day. Let us see it in this generation. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said, amen. I've got a lot of ground to cover today. If you could uh, throw up my slides there, my friends in the back. Thank you. We're in the middle of a series called All In. And um, I want to start with a really, 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 really long intro. Is that okay? All right. Don't worry. We'll still end on the normal time. <laughs> I've just got so much, to, so much to, to share today that's on my heart. God is up to something amazing. <laughs> and we are, all of us in this room, a part of it, whether you realize it or not. We're entering a season that I believe people will write about someday. The way that they wrote about the great awakenings in our country, the way that they wrote about Azusa Street, the way that they've written about many other acts of God, moves of God, where a few people, listen, many of these things didn't start with a giant crowd of people or a giant megachurch. It started with a few people, sometimes fewer than, than even just the amount of people in this room right here, who just decided we want all of Jesus and we're going to cry out until he comes and does something that's unexplainable. And I don't know about you, I want to be that kind of church. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be a part of a group of people that have that in their hearts. And I believe God wants to do something new here in this place and in Brockport and in this region and in this part of the country. And he wants to use us. And you might be thinking right away, are you just trying to hype me up, Pastor Brad, and get me all impressed with this church? Listen, let me just say this. I could never overhype what God wants to do. I could never overhype it. I, I just quoted this verse a second ago. It was in my heart earlier. I'm going to read it again now. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work in us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think of. I don't know about you. I think most of the people in my life, myself included, I, I've not often made the mistake of asking for too much. I often make the other mistake of asking for something that's reasonable. And I want to tell you today, God's giving us permission to be totally unreasonable here in this place. Because, you know, why would a church of 200 or so in the middle of rural New York be able to turn New York State upside down and the region upside down for Jesus, except for we have a God whose mighty work within us can do anything more than we could ask or think infinitely more than we could ask of or think about and this isn't just my idea. I want to share a couple of, of prophetic words that have been spoken over our house recently. And if you don't know about prophetic words, basically what we believe is that God is active and working in people's hearts. And some people have a specific kind of gift where they can hear and receive God's messages that they can share with other people and, and other places. And so um, these are those kinds of messages, some from people within our church and some from without. May Files from here in this church, she said, I saw a vision. There's a fountain in the middle of the church and water is springing up out of it. As I watched the fountain, it starts to grow both higher and wider. And eventually the water has passed through the roof of the church and begins to cover not only the church grounds, but it covers more and more of the community and continues to grow. How many of you know Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would wake you up in the inside and flow like a fountain within your innermost being? 
like a river of water. She said, I saw another part of this picture. It was as if I were standing in the foyer of the church, which is just when you come out the, or come in the, the outside doors there. All of a sudden, there was lots of people at the doors, so many people all trying to get through the doors at the same time. Even with both doors open, they were tripping over each other to get into church. And, and I believe when you put these two together, you can kind of make the, the case that there's lots of people who are dry and weary and thirsty for the real thing in our community in our lives, our friends, our family, our, our neighbors, our coworkers, all of that. And how many of you know if they found out that there was living water springing up in this place and all they had to do is get here at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, that they'd be tearing down the door to get in here if they knew the real thing was here. That's why we're pursuing Jesus the way that we are. Let me keep going and share some more. We had a baptism, water baptism in the fall where we had, uh, I forget how many, six or seven uh, people up here on stage um, who were being baptized, and then we invited all friends and family who were supporting them to come up. And so we had this great big group of people here. Try not to break your stuff, Adam. Um, about 30 people or so, would you say, uh, on stage here. A big crowd, and, and we got to hear some of their stories, and, and then we water baptized them. And then our own Caitlin Pierce uh, wrote us and said, I felt like God was speaking to me during the service that morning. He said, he specifically showed me that the way baptisms are done now at CCC won't stay the same because we will have to expand to meet what he's doing. What he intends to do at CCC involves increase. The number of people we had on stage today with added family and friends standing behind the people being baptized will become the number of people we are actually baptizing in one service. Can you give glory to God for that? It's going to happen here. I believe it. And it's not so we can brag about our stats and our numbers. It's, it's so that there can be a crowd of people up here saying, my life has been changed forever by the love of Jesus. Because my friend sitting over here, my friend back there invited me to church a couple weeks ago. And when I got here, it was, it, was like, it was like there was a fountain in the middle of the room refreshing me where I've been dry and weary and thirsty and where life has been tough. I felt all this joy and hope flood my heart. And baptism is, is like a next step to take once you start believing in Jesus to just declare that my old life and the way I used to live and think, when you go down into the water, it's like I'm saying my old life was buried. And as I come back out of the water, I'm declaring because my new life and the resurrection of Jesus is now the only way I'm going to live and think and act. And can I tell you some more good news to make you make a little bit of noise in church? We're going to have some water baptisms next Sunday here. And it, it might not be the full, you know, 30 or so people that is spoke about in this, but it's a step towards that. And I want to tell you, if you want to get water baptized and you're here in this place today and you've been following Jesus and you're like, what's next? Water baptism is going public with your faith and declaring what God has done in your life. Come find me after the service and sign up. Do whatever you got to do. Fill out one of those cards in the back of the seats and put it in the box and say, I want to get water baptized. My phone number is, and we will call you and make sure that you know everything you need to know to get here and, you know, get dunked in a pool in front of a crowd of strangers, right? <laughs> it's better than that. It's way better than that. Okay, let me keep going. I've just got a couple more here. Um, during our... Uh, presbytery weekend where we had a few guest ministers from out of town. They were here ministering, and there were words for people specifically and individually mixed with words for our house and our church family here. Michael Cotton said, God's going to, 
affirm what we're doing through signs, wonders, and miracles. God's going to fulfill the original commission of this church to release the Holy Spirit, to release the family of God here, and to release a knowledge of the gospel. God's going to make this church into a regional center, help and resources for other churches and other pastors. We're going to be influential church. The mission is expanding, he said, for this community, but also for many other pastors and leaders. And then Rita, who is here, she said, there shall come a powerful wind that will bring familial salvation. She was speaking of those in our families who we've been praying for and waiting for and watching and inviting to church and asking and talking to them about God. There's going to be a wind that will bring those of our families to know God. People you've been waiting for for years, she said. I'm going to establish a momentum in this house that will be like a tsunami. And yes, I spelled it right with a T at the beginning. <laughs> waves of my glory, waves of my anointing, my being God, waves of signs and wonders and miracles, and waves of people who are hungry to study the word of God. And then this final one, and most recent during my installation to, to become senior pastor on January 12th, we had a, a time of prayer and my wife and I stood right here and a big group of ministers came around us and, and there were lots of great words, but the one I want to zero in on that I want you to believe with me for is that Michael Cotton said, I see five other locations coming out of this place. It'll be a, it, right now it's a church of one. It will be a church of six total locations in the region. And he said in Zechariah 2 that we will become like a city without walls and a wall of fire around us, the presence of God around us, and the glory of God in our midst will be in this place. And so that's what I'm inviting you to today as I get ready to preach. And, and what I'm going to share with you today is a message about serving <laughs> and volunteering here at the church. And it's not going to be your typical kind of message. It's not going to be your typical kind of message. I'm inviting you, the Holy Spirit of God is inviting you to be a part of this, everything that I just shared. Now, <laughs> in the next few years, this church is going to experience change and expansion as God pours out, pours out his spirit. So I want you to know that today what I'm talking about is I'm not inviting you to come here so that you can help plug holes in a leaky ship that's going down. What I'm inviting you to is to find your spot in the next great move of God in our midst. To find your, your spot. And I want to tell you powerfully that you belong in it. You are valuable in it. Your inheritance as a son or daughter of God is here in this house, in this family, in this story. And I'm not just talking to those of you who have been here for a few weeks or a few months or a few years. Even if today's your first time, a friend brought you, or, or maybe you've been coming just a couple of weeks and you're still trying to figure it all out. I'm telling you, that part of your inheritance as God's son or daughter has to do with what he wants to do here in this place. And I'm inviting you to be a part of it. I'm inviting you to be a part of it. And I want to talk to you today about being all in, about serving. Yes, today I'm going to boldly ask you to give away some of your most precious things. I'm talking about your talents, your time, your treasure. But I don't want anything from you. Listen to me. I don't want anything from you. I want desperately something for you. And I'm convinced that when you start to become a part of what goes on here and what God is about to do, that 
the things that you've been aching for, desiring for, longing for, praying for, will all of a sudden come into picture clarity as you step into your rightful place as a part of this family, in this church family. I believe that, that so often when we ask in the church context, will you come and serve? It's because of a desperate need that we have and a role that we have. And, and it becomes way too obvious that we're just trying to delegate some of the work to some free you know, slave labor volunteers, right? And I want you to know that that is not what I'm talking about. In fact, you're not even gonna hear me invite you to any specific roles or opportunities today. What we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about what God put in you and what you're supposed to activate and what your responsibility is as a child of God. See, this church is not called to make volunteers. This church is called to make disciples. Disciples who first and foremost encounter Jesus for themselves. We believe that one encounter with him changes everything. And when everything gets changed, it's kind of funny because that change needs, leads to brand new life. And when that change leads to brand new life, all of a sudden you go from feeling kind of like I don't have enough time or energy or attention or mental capacity to do all the things that are in my life already. You go from that place to then feeling like, what is all this extra energy and life and joy and peace I've got? I've got to let some of this out because I'm overflowing. And that's the place we should all be serving from and volunteering from. That's the place we should all be engaging in what God's doing in the church from that place. But I believe you cannot be a growing disciple of Jesus, follower of Jesus, without serving. And the reason why I believe that is it's part of the kingdom culture. In Matthew 20, it's kind of a funny uh, conversation here because anybody just get embarrassed by their mom? I'm looking at you, Elijah. Um, not you, Sarah, because your mom goes to church here. Um, but somebody said amen in the back. <laughs> I get embarrassed by my mom all the time, right? And thankfully, she lives like 350 miles away now. So it happens way less, or at least I'm not, you know, able to see it. But, um, but in this passage, John and James, they're two brothers that follow Jesus. And their mom comes up to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I want you to promise me something. And, uh, and, and I just, I don't know why, I'm just believing that she was just real Italian, you know, like, you know, those Italian moms and grandmas. And, uh, and she goes, I want you to promise me something. My, my sons are following you. I want you to promise me that in your kingdom, you will give them seats, a VIP seating next to you in glory. And they have this whole interaction, and I, I want to zero in on sort of late in the conversation. Once, once Jesus is established, are you sure this is what you want? And they start arguing because the other disciples find out that James and John are trying to kind of get ahead of them. And Jesus says these words, listen to me very carefully. In Matthew 20, in verse 25, you know that the rulers of the world lord it over their people and flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. I love the Passion Translation. It says, you will lead by a completely different model. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, Jesus said, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. And so if you want to follow Jesus, that's the example he set for us to lay down your life and serve others, to lay down your ambitions and serve others, to lay down the desires on your heart to serve others. 
Because that's what Jesus did for us. Every miracle he performed in the Bible met practical needs for other people, right? I'm talking about giving sight to the blind, healing those who couldn't walk, um, healing those who were sick and about to die, children, adults, all of it, healing those who had um, diseases and infirmities and afflictions that they had tried in their own strength and, and in the medical power of that day to fix for a long, long, long time. And one encounter with Jesus fixed it all. But how many of you know, it was never super convenient for Jesus to serve their needs. But yet over and over and over again, faithfully, he did. He stepped into their situation and circumstance to do for them what they couldn't do for themselves. How many of you here know that Jesus stepped into your circumstance, went out of his way to intentionally jump into your life and solve a problem for you and fix a thing for you that you couldn't do yourself? I've got a couple of hands. At least a couple of people ready to praise God in this place. How many of you know that Jesus jumped into your situation? He didn't have to, but he wanted to because he loves you. He cares about you. And he jumped into your life to do something about a problem that you have. Could be a little problem. Could be a giant problem. Jesus cared about you enough to jump into that thing. And now he invites us to be the answer to other people's prayers as we serve. See, I believe that God wants to give authority and influence to this church and the people of it. But it all starts when you surrender everything. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And so let's get into this uh, a little bit deeper here. I want to say to you this morning that serving activates what is inside of you already. This is God's heart for someone in this place. This is going to get real good in a second. I believe some of you have struggled so much in your life to feel valuable, to feel significant, to feel worthy of love and connection, to feel like, is there anything that I bring? I believe there are some people in this place right now listening to me, you have thought these words, would anyone even notice if I wasn't here? It's kind of scary what's happening, especially to the younger generation, to the millennials and and Gen Xers in the room this morning. The way that depression and suicide is attacking this generation right now. And the way that our culture is over-romanticizing depression and suicide in in such a a sick and perverted way. And we're getting it in our minds that that we could write this romantic, darkly romantic note to our families and friends to say, you'll be better off without me. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God's heart for you is so different from that. God's heart for you is that He's seen you struggling, but he's led you to this place to be in the safety and protection of God, a good and loving father in your life. And he's led you here in the company of other messed up people just like the rest of us. Come on, amen? If you're here and you're new, if you're here and you, you, you don't yet believe in Jesus or you're not sure about the whole thing, listen, I want to tell you something really important. There is no one else in this place who feels better than you. There's no one else, no matter how long they've been a Christian, come on, my my long-term Christians in the house, there's nobody in this place that feels better than you, more deserving of you, or like they've accomplished something you haven't accomplished. We are, all of us, all the time, all of our hearts needing 100% of Jesus and his love to come and change everything. Otherwise, we just keep messing it up, don't we? You're here in the protection of the presence of God. 
that struggle that you've been in to feel valuable, I know it's led you to give away things that you never really wanted to give away, but you, you needed to give them away in order to gain small amounts of value, significance, and love from someone else. And you, so you gave away things about you that are emotional, things about you that are sexual, things about you that, that were personal and intimate, and you gave them to somebody else because it's the only kind of, of valuable thing you had to trade for in order to get a solution, at least a small one or temporary one, to the ache and the brokenness inside of you to finally feel like you're valuable and mean something and have something to contribute. And I wish that wasn't the case for you. I really, really wish that you didn't have to walk through life that way up until this point. But I'm here to declare over you that you never have to do that again. You never have to work yourself or strive yourself to earn significance, value, or love. All you've got to do this morning is look to the cross of Jesus Christ and see your true worth and value that when Jesus looked at the cross and all the sacrifice and pain and blood he was going to shed and ultimately the death of his life here on earth, he looked at the cross and he said, it's worth it. Because he was thinking of you. I believe that with all that I am this morning. And so whatever trading you've had to do in life, I'll I'll give this really valuable part of me to you, at least a piece of it, so that you'll show me that I'm worthy of love and connection or so that that you'll show me value and love and, and all those things. It doesn't have to be that way anymore. You can have that thing satisfied once and for for all and over and over and over and over again. Every time you look at the cross and realize there is one greater than me, greater than everything, who declares me significant, worthy, valuable, lovable, and important. God declares that over your life today. And if you don't take my word for it, in Ephesians 1 Verse 4, and I've read this so many times up here to you guys because it's just so good. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. Can we make it personal this morning? Can we replace us with me as I'm reading this? Even before he made the world, God loved me and chose me. Can you just close your eyes and just say that over your own heart right now? God loved me. God chose me. He loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. Anybody ever think of themselves that way? (laughs) Pretty great how I'm without fault. Right? Wife? No, quite the opposite, right? We're too overwhelmed by our mistakes and our failures and our inadequacies. But God looks at you and sees you as holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. Listen to me this morning. God's not the kind of father that did something, you know, obligatory while rolling his eyes because you filled out the right paperwork. No, this isn't a government handout program because you did all the right things you qualify for. This word says that God wanted to do it and it gave him great pleasure to bring you close. So we praise God for his glorious grace. He decided in advance to adopt me. 
I'm not an illegitimate son that he didn't want. I'm not a drunken mistake. I'm not the result of a party or, or a mistake. Some of you feel that way. Some of you in your natural life, that is your story. And God wants you to know. He wants to break through all of that to say, no, I chose you. I adopted you. I wanted you. And I still want you and choose you. See, once you encounter this love, something wakes up on the inside of you. And in all the ways where you felt powerless or weak or would anyone even notice if I were still here, now all of a sudden something wakes up inside of you. I would call it your spirit. When you encounter Jesus, your spirit comes alive with brand new life, resurrection life, so that you can step into a new life that is who you really are. And so whatever you've been pretending to be all of this time to try to impress other people and become significant and have value, now all of a sudden something wakes up confidently inside of you and goes, oh, this is who I am as God's son or daughter. And from that place, then you can ask this question, well, what has God put in me? Check this out in 1 Peter 4. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great Variety of spiritual gifts. Another translation says treasure. His great treasury of gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And if you want to study this more, you can look at 1 Corinthians 12, the spiritual gifts listed there. You can look at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of God at work in your life producing fruit because you know a tree by the kind of fruit that it produces, right? Only a good tree can only produce good fruit, Jesus said. And so when that thing wakes up on the inside of you from encountering Jesus, all of a sudden you start being able to do things that you never thought you could do and never thought you would see. So some of you think you're a burden. God wants to speak over your life and say, you're a gift. Some of you think you're unwanted and God wants to speak over you and say, you're chosen and adopted. Some of you don't think you're worthy of real love and God wants you to know that he loved you before you were born and he's never stopped and he never will. Some of you don't know what you can contribute to this whole thing. And so you hesitate and you hold back. But this series, All In, is all about going from a spectator to a participant. And so I'm giving you an opportunity and the invitation of God's Holy Spirit to be a part of this story because it belongs to you and you belong in it. Ephesians 2 says, we are God's masterpiece. Can you just just for the fun of it, do that again. Just close your eyes, put your hand over your whole heart and just say, I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a burden. I'm not unwanted. I'm not invisible. I'm God's masterpiece. He intentionally made a move towards me to bring me close. Thank you, God, for making that move towards us. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross this morning. I just want to pause for my message and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the way you intervened in my life, the way you intercepted me when I was on a full-on, headlong collision course towards disaster and destruction. Jesus, you jumped in. You jumped in and said, I'll take your place. I'll take your place on the cross. 
and I'll take away all your sin and shame and give you my righteousness. And God, the Father, will choose to see you from now on as holy and without fault. That's what the Spirit of God wants to tell you today. And I hope that's what you hear more than anything else today. And as you begin to digest that, and as your spirit begins to come alive and you begin to understand finally who you really are, you get to ask these great questions like, what did you put inside of me, God? Let me just speak to that. What God put inside of you is powerful. I believe what God put in the people sitting here within the sound of my voice can move mountains, shift environments, create beauty in life, speak truth that sets others free, build relationships that shatter loneliness and create belonging in others. Those are the kinds of gifts God has put in the people that can hear my voice right now. Man, that amen just did not go hand in hand with the depth of what I just shared with you. The things God has put in you and your life can move things, shift things, and make a difference. Yeah, but I set you up for it, so. If I have to ask... I want to say something really uh, special to a, a group of people in the church here. If you are new, you might be thinking, well, uh, okay, I'm digging the Jesus thing, but I don't, I mean, if I, if I want to come here and, and serve and volunteer and be a part of the story, I've probably got to start dressing a certain way, talking a certain way, you know, acting a certain way, and I've got to learn all the rules, and I've got to learn how to, to fit in and go with the flow. I want to say something really, really good to you right now. You know what I really would rather you do? I'd rather you come just as you are and break all the rules. <laughs> oh man, I want you to come and be you and break all the rules because there's a couple of things around here that are just too religious and stuffy for me and I need it to break apart and fall away and get swept away and blown away with the wind of what God wants to do in the future. Listen to me, there are lots of churches repeating over and over and doing the same thing we've always done and it's not solving problems and it's not meeting needs. We need to do a brand new thing in this house and there are some people sitting here within the sound of my voice who have a brand new thing growing on the side of them that we've never thought about before and most churches would go, that's insane, that's crazy, you can't do that and I'm saying, yes. If that's God's heart, we're gonna do that thing. We're gonna take a risk. We're gonna go out on the limb and we're gonna see God do something because if you want something brand new to happen, you gotta do something you've never done before, right? And so if you're new here, you're just the kind of person that we need. You're just the kind of person God wants to use because you don't have all the baggage of Christianity that some of us carry around. Ugh, I can't go in and eat in this kind of restaurant. They serve alcohol there. can't be seen with these people. Can I just remind you the kind of people Jesus hung out with? <laughs> Have you ever like hung out with a prostitute? Jesus did all the time. You know, I want to be really clear the way I represent Jesus this morning. Not soliciting. <laughs> he was hanging out with people who had encountered his love and were changed forever. They had been a prostitute. And in the, the church leader's eyes of that day, they were unworthy people. They were lesser human. They looked at them like, ew, Jesus, why are you spending time with that person? And Jesus looked at them and said, this is the kind of person I came for. 
I didn't come for people who think they're already well. I came for the people who know they're sick and need me. So I need some of you to come and break the rules. Some of you are going to be some of our future worship leaders on this stage because you've got a song in your heart that nobody else here can sing. You've got a voice that can literally break through lies and break through barriers and tear down walls as you sing and worship. The power of God falls. And some of you are going to do that in the coming days. Some of you are going to bring tons of people to know Jesus because you are so overwhelmed and overflowing with the love of God that you can't wait to tell someone else about it. Some of you will pray and see God do miracles. You'll literally see things grow in front of your eyes, fingers and arms and hands and things that weren't there before. Whatever, I don't, I'm just making that up. I don't know what's gonna happen, who knows? But you're gonna be filled with faith to believe God for the miraculous. It all starts now in the name of Jesus. Right now. I'm going to skip a couple things because I really want to get to the end of my message now as our time's kind of running out. I'm just going to say quickly that my other uh, points were serving is a sign of belonging. You belong here. And if you feel like it's not yours yet, I'm, I'm saying you're on this team. And a, t- a good teammate does whatever it takes to make the team succeed, right? And and it's not just a sign of belonging that you contribute. It's a sign that we love you, want you, and you're welcome here. You belong. You belong. Jesus served from this place. He said the Son of God and John 5 can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. And we are going to be sons and daughters that only do what the Father does in this church. We're going to serve because we belong. Serving unlocks true authority. Bam. Some of you see things, notice things, they bother you, and you keep thinking, when is somebody going to do something about this? Well, I want to tell you right now, if you begin to serve, God will give you and unlock for you spiritual authority in those areas. I'm not just talking within the church. I'm talking about serving to just serve and help. God will begin to open doors and give you authority to speak and be in places and around people that you never thought possible. And if you don't believe me, just go and read some of the the New Testament. These crazy, psychotic fishermen who were not influential in any way, shape, or form in their day, that they encountered Jesus. They began to serve the people around them. God began to perform signs and wonders, and they came before kings and rulers. They became influential in their time and ultimately turned the entire world upside down. That's why we're standing here today believing their message that they preached thousands of years ago about Jesus. Okay, I need my, uh, I need my prop here, Joel. Thank you. So in case you haven't gotten it yet, I'm going to be in the back. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Uh, there, there's, there's the cue. There's the cue. And um, here's what I want to help you see. And I believe it really goes with the theme of the entire morning so far of what God's been doing. That um, some of you hate baseball, and that's fine. I, I grew up playing baseball. I love baseball. And I want you to get this picture in your mind of, of so you're standing at the plate in your life and you are swinging as hard as you can and, and, and you're swinging and missing. You feel that way in life. Some of you are swinging and, and you're, you're getting lots of foul tips 
but you're just working so hard and you're sweating and you're, you're, you're grunting and you've got blisters on your hands now and you're just, you're putting all your effort into it. And every time you swing, you're like, oh, another wasted chance and opportunity. When is it all gonna start to work out for me? I wanna tell you today that when you encounter Jesus, you start to overcome that place and you start to live in the sweet spot. The sweet spot is the portion of the bat right here. And thanks, Nate Bone, for letting me borrow this, this bat. This part right here with the tape. You know, if you hit the ball off the end here, it hurts and it doesn't go very far. And if you get jammed up here on, on the handle, it hurts and it doesn't go very far. But when you hit the ball off the sweet spot of the bat, now the bat's doing some of the work for you. And I want to say prophetically over you, with this as a picture in your mind that you'll remember, that you've been swinging and missing, you've been swinging and foul tipping, you've been swinging and hitting it off the end of the bat and stinging and you're working hard and every time you swing at your hardest, you end up just hurting and in pain and you're wondering when is it all gonna come together and I want you to know it all starts now if you encounter the love of Jesus for you. If you see what I've been talking about today at the foot of the cross, that you're worthy, you're significant and you're valuable, come on, stand in this place right now. We're getting ready to close. If you've been feeling the way that I've just been describing, I'm gonna back up now that they're closer so I don't swing and you know make a mistake. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. If you're the kind of person that wants to get to the sweet spot, the thing I wanna tell you today is the first thing you need to do is encounter Jesus and accept and receive and believe his love for you. The next thing I want you to do is consider serving here at Christ Community Church because when you get around a people who are, are serving and following Jesus, all of a sudden you're getting some, some good coaching and pointers and now you're making contact in the sweet spot. And all of a sudden you're around a community that when you need help, you know some people that can pray for you. And when they swing on your behalf, they're hitting the sweet spot and all of a sudden you're gonna start to see the ball fly much further, much faster than you ever have before. Getting in the sweet spot starts with encountering Jesus. And the next thing is it starts with following Jesus to serve. And so on the back of the seat in front of you, I want to draw your attention to a card. It's not the connection card that's there every week. It's a new card. I've got mine right here. It's called Finding Your Sweet Spot. And this is how we're going to close today, Joel, if you want to hold that. Stop making people nervous. I want everybody to grab one of these out of the back of the seat. If there's one near you, there might not be enough for every single person, but it should be enough for most people. It's called Finding Your Sweet Spot. And some of you today have heard what I've said. You've heard the vision of what God wants to do here. You've heard God declare over you that you are valuable, significant, and important. And you've heard me say that I need some people ready to come and break the rules to do what God wants to do in this new season. You're ready to sign up now, and you've got the excitement and energy to do it. And I want you to take a second right now to grab a pen. There should be a pen on the back of the seat in front of you as well, and maybe you brought your own. And just fill out your information here. My name is... My email and phone are. And then what we've got here for you is finding your sweet spot in volunteering involves serving in roles that align with your personality, your gifting, and your passion. What has Jesus put inside of you that is a gift to others? There's some some things here, some bullet points you might circle and say, well, that helps me think, because I know it's hard to think about what God put in you and what you're good at, right? But what I want you to do is just breeze through that list really quick. 
and, and circle any things that stand out to you. I know I love to meet new people. I love children. I love teaching. I love the opportunity to, to play music. And then on the back, there's some other good questions there that you can answer for us. And here's what we're doing. I'm not, again, I'm not inviting you to opportunities. I'm not saying we have a need. I'm not saying we don't have enough teachers here. Or we don't have enough greeters at the front door. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is God put something in you and I want to see it activated. God put something in you that's going to move something and change something here in Brockport. And we want to partner with you and be a church family with you. And what I want you to do is take a few moments right now while I stall and, and you know, ad-lib a little bit. Take a few minutes right now to fill this out because we're going to collect these right now. So right now, go ahead. Fill out your information. Put some stuff on there. I want to say to another group of people, you might already serve at this church. You might already be volunteering. You got hooked in because you're just loyal and faithful and there was a need and you were like, great, I'll serve there and you've been doing it and we're so grateful. What's that? Oh, can we have a little more light, please? Thank you. You've been serving here for a little while and, and you feel, you're welcome. I didn't do it, they didn't. Thank you, Glenn. And you feel like, you know, I got hooked into something a while ago and, and I'm not sure I'm serving in my passion or my gifting. And it's time to, to find a new seat on the bus here. And so even if that's you, I want you to, to fill out your name, your information. Here's what we're going to do. The staff and myself this week on Wednesday are going to take all these cards that we collect today. And we're going to pray and say, God, give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Help us to find this person's sweet spot. Help us to find this person's sweet spot in your story. Help us to find this person's sweet spot in this family and in this place so that we can help activate what's inside of you and get you to the place where you are swinging now and connecting with every pitch and seeing God use you in a mighty and amazing way in the next season of this church. Does that sound good to anybody in this place? Maybe I'll try over here. Does that sound good to anybody in this place? God sees you as valuable, important, significant, and worthy. And he's ready to activate inside what he's put inside of you that is a gift to the world around you. And so can we just pray as we to fill these cards out. Keep filling them out. I'm praying. Don't worry. The ushers are going to come and get ready up front here with the baskets. Come on, ushers. Jesus, I'm praying for all my friends here who have been listening to me this morning. There are so many different kinds of people in this place. People who are here for the first time with a friend. People who are here for the second or third time. People who aren't sure they'll be here long term. People who have been here for years. People like Joel who grew up here, literally was like born here. God, all of us are here. We're in the same place. We need you, Jesus. We need you to come reveal in us who you made us to be. And God, we're all in the same boat today because we all want to be a part of what you're doing on the earth. God, if you're going to show up and do all the things that I read about a few minutes ago, if you're going to show up and expand this place the way that you are, I don't want to miss my chance to be a part of it. I don't want to miss my chance to contribute what you've put in me that fulfills my life and my purpose and your love and your destiny for me. And so God, I pray that you would direct my friends here as we collect these cards today, that you would direct us to our sweet spot in you, not just in volunteering in this church, but our sweet spot in life where we can start to see God, how you want to use us and the powerful thing you want to do in and through our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for creating that opportunity today. All right, here's what we're going to do. Ushers are going to go around now and start to pass baskets. Just take your card, plop it in that basket, and we're going to reach out to you this week. And while we're doing that, we're going to lift up our hearts in song and worship. You can take the lights back down now. Worship team's going to lead us. 
and we're going to respond to what God has done in our midst, amen, by singing and worshiping him. Come on, lift your voices with me this morning.